How are you feeling? I feel like shit. Got a nice little spit-covered windscreen. Sour Patch is losing their effect. This weird tickle in my throat, I don't know where it came from. Battery's dead on my task cam, gotta replace it. Got four hours of tape to go through ahead of us. <laughs> Show's sounding great right now. Somebody's after me. I can't pretend to be something I know I'm not. What's up, skaters? It's your girl, Kristen, reporting live from Occupied Duwamish Territory, a.k.a. Seattle, with two of my good friends, Mr. Ted Schmitz um, <laughs> out of the desert and Alex White out of Northern California. How are we doing tonight? Woo-woo. Good. I'm fit. That was phenomenal. Yes. You just took Ryan's job. <laughs> They're coming for our jobs. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Yeah, you, you nailed it. That, that means a lot coming from you. The two <laughs> nicest people on the pod. <laughs> um, <laughs> What's been good? Like I said, um, off air, I'm feeling guiltily fortunate, but I just try to make sure that I'm checking myself, not uh, complaining about fairly arbitrary frustrations. Um, although I might talk about how much I hate doing dishes soon. Um, but no, I'm fucking very removed from most of the suffering in the world right now. And it, um, it, there's, it's a little guilt ridden, but I'm in the house and I am employed. What else can you ask for right now? Haven't skated in like a week and a half. <laughs> and you really like squeaked into that because if this would have happened a couple months ago yeah, when you were still, ago, yeah. Yeah. I'm bananasly fortunate to have gotten a job in January. I echo that. I got my job in October. Otherwise, oh I would still be selling houses. Sell houses. But I don't have to deal with that anymore. I got a great job at NHS in October and I can work from home, thankfully. And my partner also is very gainfully employed because they're a first responder. So, Holy shit. so, uh, the two of us have some job security for now. Yeah. That is. How about you, Kevs? <laughs> definitely echoing that. Um, cause for me, like I definitely feel super lucky to have a job scale like a girl. We've had a, a pretty good last year. So whereas like a, if this would have happened to us a couple years ago, this would have like totally wiped us out. Uh, so I'm really stoked that all of our directors and our AmeriCorps staff are still rocking and rolling and, um, I'm looking at uh, some small business loans that apparently have like forgiveness. So um, you can apply for like a small business loan. And then if you meet all of the requirements, um, basically uh, it'll be forgiven because they're trying to make sure people aren't or they're trying to prevent people from going on employment or something like that. So they're giving money to mm -hmm. businesses to continue to keep people employed for, I think, up to six or eight weeks. I need to do my research into it. Um, Maybe somebody can help give me some more information about that. But yeah, looking into apply for that uh, just so that like this doesn't hurt us like long term. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, I'm feeling really grateful that I'm employed. And then um, my husband works in grocery delivery. Uh, so he has oh been God. very busy. Um, so many people signing up uh, to get oh. their groceries delivered, which is a good thing. Um, but Does he have a mask? Um, <laughs> that's the thing. Uh, no. Um, and they don't have enough gloves for him to like put on new gloves for each like delivery. So he's just trying to do his best to stay away from people. But he was telling me like people even come up to him and are like, Oh, thank you. And they come really close to him. He's like, Oh God, are they coming to grab the box when he's right there? No. Yeah. So he's being <laughs> as careful as he can be. But at the, at yeah. the end of the day, it's like, 
you know, that's essential. It's like people need their food. So I'm really proud of them for working super yeah. crazy long hours right now. You hear a little bit of this discussion um, in worker centric circles, but when the economy shuts down to only having essential people show up to their location of work, you realize who's fucking essential and it for certainly is not consultants and, you know, the managerial class. It is definitely the people working at grocery stores, at the fucking pharmacy, people who are um, who, who are doing jobs that have unfortunately been relegated to below living wages um, in most parts of the country, which is just absolutely fucking bananas because when the shit hits the fan, you realize who, who actually uh, generates the the sort of value and necessity in, in, in this market. Yeah. It ain't the landlords. That's for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's interesting. Like the different experiences people are having. Cause I've talked to some people they are like, Oh my God, I'm like all of my roommates, like, uh, they all work in like the service industry or whatever. So they're all out of work or something, you know? Um, and so they're at home, like, you know, being super distracting and not working. So it's like been hard for them to like focus because they're working from home now and they have all these roommates. I've talked to other people that have roommates that are like completely not following any of the like guidelines from the CDC, WHO, and just going out and like hanging out with friends and like just no. being just willfully ignorant essentially um, and yeah. not really paying attention and then coming back to the house and putting everybody that's in the house in a different like risk category, yeah. I'd say, um, which just really sucks. So um, I definitely feel for a lot of people, um, but first and foremost, all of our uh, first responders, medical staff, like stop buying uh, the masks that they need (laughs) general public. Uh, and that's all I have to say about that, but shout out to our medical staff. Yeah. Do not take that shit. You might think you need an N95 mask, but I guarantee somebody at a hospital needs it more than you do. Yeah. Jess didn't get adequate, um, PPE until, uh, five days ago. It's wild. And then she's already got somebody in her department got sick. And I know a lot of my friends that are nurses and doctors also um, are getting sick or have a coworker that did already too. So, Jeez. yeah. I don't know if I shared this with you guys. There was a story on uh, Theories of Atlantis where Josh Stewart believes with, I think, pretty credible reasons that he had come down with and luckily hit the slump of recovery from COVID. Really? Um, yep. You know, he had uh, some symptoms showing up, but he also had allergies, um, went on a trip and his allergy symptoms went away and crazy cough for a long time and crazy fever and uh, lost the sense of taste and smell and stuff. And, you know, he he, he brings up a good point where um, he talks about whether or not he's been tested. And he says he was denied a test because uh, in New York, because he didn't have direct contact with somebody, which seems unfathomable, uh, because it's, that's obviously not the only way it's going to get into people. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, maybe very possibly made it to the skate world. Yeah. And Ryan and Ted and Kyle aren't here, so they might have it. I don't know where they are. (laughs) Uh, Show us your medical records. Show it right now. Where you been the last two weeks? <laughs> yeah, I've just been feeling pretty, pretty goddamn 
lucky and I and I and I'm not typically a count your blessings kind of guy. I'm usually pretty frustrated with the wrong things of the world, which I still am um, when I read the news or whatever. But my my immediate situation is pretty, pretty tight. <laughs> yeah, definitely been keeping really busy at work. It's been a little bit of a weird transition trying to do more stuff like with like online engagement and getting people skating if it's like on a balance board or fingerboarding or skating in their driveway or whatever getting people excited feeling connected to our community yeah and trying and to do some different the wheel stuff world yeah tell yeah. us about it um so basically like covid happened and um everybody was like oh we got to do some online things gotta do some online things and i had this like revelation I was like, you know what? This is probably the one time in my life where I could just do something really silly and dumb on the internet and it would be maybe kind of kooky, but people are like, oh, it's COVID. Like, what else are we going to do? Like, oh, it's like this virus. Like, you know what I mean? It's like this one, it's like a very safe space to create and to just do whatever. So um, I'm not, yeah. I'm not a very conservative person. So I was like, I'm just going to try like five or six different things. We're going to try some trick tip videos. We're going to try some warm up videos. All these things we've sort of been throwing around at Scale Like a Girl for years, but never had time to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and one Indoor of those exercises. <laughs> yeah. Like warm ups for your ankles, like to strengthen your ankles, your knees, open your hips up, like all these different things. We have some amazing people that are experts of uh, physical therapy and um, fitness. So shout out Ashley, shout out Jessica, shout out Eli. Um, They've yeah. been helping us create all that content. Um, but yeah, one of the ideas was the wheel world, which is basically I just wanted to do like one-on-one like kind of interviews, but keep them kind of quick and, um, but keep them focused on like, uh, some storytelling, um, and sort of bring some different elements. I don't know if you guys know Nardwar, the human serviette, he interviews, um, uh, a lot of musicians. Um, mm-hmm. so he'll interview like, you know, rappers to like, I don't know, like Marilyn Manson, all these different musicians. And he'll always bring up like a random fact or thing or mention a name or a place or a, an eatery or whatever. And then the person will be like, oh, I don't know what you're talking about. And then he'll drop a couple more hints and then he'll be like, oh, yeah. And that links back to that one song I did back in the day with so-and-so. So it just kind of creates this interesting flow. So I sort of um, was inspired by him to just kind of make some funny interviews with some throwbacks, some clips some videos and make it super accessible by just doing it on Instagram. Sick. So yeah, we got uh, Vanessa Torres next week. Following week, we'll throw Marby on there. And then the week after that, uh, Cat Sai. Oh, so that's awesome. Got some I, people lined up. I don't know this last skater. Cat uh, Sai's a legend. Um, <laughs> super funny. Rides for their skateboards. Uh, I think their Instagram's like Katrin Sai or something like that. Yeah, Cat actually has a full-time job. I love the um, adult skaters that have uh, full-time careers that are also in the game and like doing the skate thing. Kat had a full part in quit your day job. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's and right. she's uh yeah, super funny. She's been a part of skate like a girl forever. She helps MC the events and, um, rides for there and is just the wisest 21 year old I've ever met. She's like, wait, Kat's 21. Cat is 21 years old or 22 now. I'm sorry. What? I know. And she's, she gives me life advice all the time. She gives me relationship advice. She's always like, so what is this person bringing to your relationship? What is she offering you in your life? And like, I'm like, damn, <laughs> she also helped me move an ex-girlfriend out of my house. It was great. She's awesome. Love you, cat. <laughs> Specializing in ex-girlfriend removal. <laughs> yeah. And, and relationship advice and just being like the oldest 22 year old that there is, but that'll be a good one too. That's a, yeah. That's awesome. I'm stoked to 
Kristen, Kristen did a Nora love, one. That was amazing. <laughs> yeah, Nora killed it. Nora had yeah, the stories. Yeah, that was good. You, the two of you were great. She's just the best. She's so, like, remarkably candid when she does interviews. It's, like, fucking awesome. Most definitely. And I kind of don't really know what to expect because I don't really know everyone super closely or maybe I've only met them in passing or hung out with them at an event or something. So I wasn't mm-hmm. really sure how much Nora was going to like have to say or the stories. And she definitely just jumped in. Whereas other people are a little bit more, you got to kind of like probe them a little bit more or mm-hmm. be like, Hey, what do you mean by that? Or what about this? And they, you know what I mean? You kind of got to back and forth it a little bit. Yeah, um, yeah. But she just ran with it, which was amazing. So thanks Nora. I cool. got to get her a pair of those Roxy skate shoes. She mentioned. I think I was thinking right when I she mentioned she brought up these like these like disgusting um, Roxy skate shoes that we pioneered like 20 years ago (laughs) and she had a pair and I'm like I gotta find those on eBay and send them to her (laughs) someone in the someone in the comments like googled it and like commented it and she was in the middle of saying something so I don't want to cover cut her off but yeah that's pretty funny (laughs) I just feel really stoked that I'm able just to have a platform just to create random stuff. Cause I've personally just been off my personal Instagram just cause it was, uh, I feel like very linked to my own, uh, detriment, <laughs> my own <laughs> depression, um, and having really crappy positive or crappy, uh, self image. So, but having a platform to still be able to connect, but through scale, like a girl has been kind of cool while giving myself a little bit of a break. I, wholeheartedly support that. I considered getting off Instagram the other day when my explore page was nothing but unbelievably hot wrestlers uh, <laughs> with uh, just unrealistic body yes. expectations. Uh, and and I was like, I get it, dude. You're like 49 and super hot, but like, I just like what you do on the show. Why are you on my phone? Yeah. And then I stayed. Yeah. Been posting slams. My explore page is all memes. That's sick. Oh, really? Pretty that much. doesn't surprise me. You're my only source of memes, I think. Yeah. That and open sesame memes, they're pretty funny right now. Oh, they're they are pretty funny. They're good. Yeah. You don't f- follow wholesome memes. Wholesome memes are good too, yeah. <laughs> is good. that the, is that like the the PG tip? Uh sometimes G. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes G. It's definitely sometimes G, but yeah, if anybody out there is thinking about not being on their personal Instagram for a while, if you're feeling kind of crappy and you don't know why, give deleting your Instagram off your phone a try. Well, the old director of Skate Like a Girl has come on Instagram. Holly Sheehan has now decided to jump on just to keep in contact with people, which I thought was a incredible power move for the old over 40 crowd. Yep. Shout out Holly. Holly. I can't wait to lurk you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's still got some good features. Well, yeah. speaking of badass uh, women in skateboarding, uh, Candy Jacobs just had a pretty cool uh, article in Jankum, which was done by Sander, who has I know has been working on a documentary um, about her for a while, which I've been super excited to check out. I'm sure that's probably on hold with all that's going on in the world. Um, but yeah, did you guys get a chance to read through that bad boy? I did get a chance to read through that. Do they let you read Jankum articles while you work at Thrasher, Ted? Oh, no, I'm going to cut this. Okay. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's not blocked um, on your browser. Yeah, and if you guys are on your phones, you know, just uh, just <laughs> just just hit that Thrasher page. Check out the new videos going out. Uh, no, for opposition research, of course. Of I got to read all the I got to read all the uh, online news media. No, um, I don't know. Every uh, the Jankum writers are all on Twitter, and so they're they're all very friendly. And so, um, you know, I've I've been reading Jankum for a long time, and and I thought this piece was especially awesome. And it just made me miss 
pushing borders so goddamn much because Sanders amazing. Yes. Yeah, the the paradigm that she describes is uh, probably the clearest that I've seen for contest skaters trying to navigate the world of, I guess, cool or traditional skateboarding and finding a path in it, which is like, she brings up so many points with regards to aesthetics and the catch 22 of, of having to leverage sponsors against each other, which is just like abominable, no matter which way you spin it. Because like we have fucking, we have guys like in Oklahoma with shake junk grip, like, (laughs) you know, so yeah, I thought it was fucking amazing. Um, Alex, I think you have a perspective that's a little closer than most. I think you even got a drop in it. I did get a drop. Um, Thanks, Candy. Uh, (laughs) Candy has always been one of my favorites. And Kristen, too. Uh, We're both, like, big fans. And we've always kind of, like, like, whenever we're talking on the phone, we're always saying, why the fuck doesn't Candy have more backing? Like, why is she this Mm kind of, like, Lone Ranger? Like, And historically, there's been a lot of, like, um, uh, discrimination against European skateboarders. Uh, our view of skateboarding is so North American centric just in general. So she's got that strike working against her. One had a Euro issue. No, <laughs> I'm I sorry. Disregard. <laughs> Thanks for that. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but then, yeah. yeah. And then she's a contest skater. She's from Europe, you know, or considered a contest skater, even though she filmed the yeah. full street part in quit your day job, which you guys should check out, which is really fucking good. Um, yeah, and and no one's backed her. Nothing. No one big has backed her yet. She's got. She's buying shoes. You know, she gets boards. That uh, was such a cool point. I thought, which was basically not to not to throw the company under the bus, but basically she laid out her case of like she's fucking killing it. She wanted to go on trips and even pay her own fare, and and then she goes, you know what? Like I would have taken any offer just to have felt valued and they offered her nothing. And I think that's a really good point to, to, to that. She laid out the case basically being like, you know, I was doing this, I was doing that, I was doing that. And also, you know, her record shows that she was like skating and killing it, especially for anybody in her region. And then she just goes, you know what, at the end of it, fuck it. I'm going to buy shoes. Um, I hope they're slip on pros. Um, <laughs> they, often to- they often <laughs> are. They often are. are slip on pros. They often You're are. Fucking <laughs> That's Good our girl. <laughs> use of money. Uh, no, um, I, I just thought that was so good because it it clearly lines out the the situation. It wasn't just like, yeah, I was I was fucking Etney's flow, and then I was, and then they weren't treating me right, so I was like, fuck that, or you know, or it wasn't like there were tensions, you know, some vague kind of um, indictment of the problem. It was just like, yeah. no, you know, I fucking did this. I went. I went boom, boom, boom. Like, and if, if I'm not going to feel valued at the end of that, like why, what is, what like loyalty can't just be a one way street. Yeah. And, uh, especially with brands. I mean, they're not humans. (laughs) They are the product of a collection of humans. Yeah. Candy's always like been a little bit different too. And like, I always have like looked up to her too, because I felt like, um, I'm going to sound like Ted Barrow, uh, talking about Nolly salading and 11 or whatever, <laughs> but I swear there was a point in time when like me and Candy Jacobs were like the same ability level, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. we could both feeble and crooked grind some shit. And then mm-hmm. over the last like three years, she like has gotten ripped, literally entered all of these contests can like 
back tail, whatever the hell she wants. Like, do you know what I mean? Like she has stepped her skating up like to a level that is like so beyond me. And we're like roughly the same age too. So like, I think that's why she's kind of one of my favorites. And she also doesn't Mm -hmm. like follow trends. Do you know what I mean? Like, She's had she's got her a fucking whole hand tattoo. She's yeah. an entire hand tattoo. She loves tattoos. Like <laughs> she's got the like, you know, the shaved side of the head and, you know, she's definitely but she's like also like the kindest most down to earth person. Yeah. And I'm just like, okay, people love to talk about how skateboarding's all about the misfits and the people the underground and the underdog and whatever. It's like, no, it's about your crew and who you came up with and and if you're yeah. cool or not and if you're doing what's cool. You know, yeah. there's really no value put on somebody that's genuine, real, committed. Like all that shit doesn't matter if you're cool and have sick style and like hang out with the right people. You're gonna make it in skateboarding. And like, I think we really need to stop with the trope of like it's all about the misfits and the underdogs and whatever. It's like no, we are just as much of a sport and as a like a quote unquote like bro culture. Then like we're no different than any other sport or like entity. I really don't think skateboarding is different in that regard. And people love to talk about how skateboarding is so different. And Candy Jacobs like really hit the nail on the head that it's really about who you know and and yeah. who's backing you. You know, if you yeah. ride for a corny, quote unquote corny board brand, like hell no, you're not gonna get shoe sponsor, you know? Yeah. And you know, with so much of the the, the atmosphere of, you know, I'm not a I'm I'm not a theorist or anything on this, but it's like so much of success and um, visibility and um, even the ability to maintain and grow wealth uh, comes from uh, you know a, uh, the cascading effects of global capitalism, which is like you, you you basically hit a mega lottery if you're born in America. You hit a mega lottery if you're born in South Carol um, South Carolina, Southern <laughs> no, <you're> California, <laughs> Southern California, <laughs> South Carolina. Yeah, the, yeah South Caca really pops off with that fucking privilege. <laughs> Uh, uh, mega, mega privileged. If you know you're born in South South, why can't Southern I not sa- California? Ted. SoCal. You can't even uh, say it, huh? You're so and, NorCal and, Thrasher. Yeah, <laughs> and if you, yeah, and it, and if you were born, you know, in 2006 with a hundred skate parks around you and the full fucking, you know, uh, skateboard industrial complex around you, those are just um those are kind of embedded privileges that I think often are not seen, but yeah, it's like, dude, she's, she's every bit a misfit or fitting outside the norm. Um, and yet it's like, yeah, people are, are weird on her for color grip or something like that. And we already know my affinity for, uh, funky looking or oftentimes distasteful grip. So I fucking, uh, back the hell out of it, but yeah, exactly. The, the system is not geared to, lifting her up as much as it uh, presupposes. I think the system itself is going through growing pains right now. And we're seeing this change in the demographic of skateboarding and the way we uh, consume skateboarding. And I think that there's an old guard that maybe is tied to a belief that you have to have a certain boxes ticked in order to be a pro skateboarder and a narrow view of it. And Candy is outside of that narrow view of what a pro skateboarder could be. I think one of Andrew Cannon said to me when we were talking about the Olympics, when it first started, when it first, like years ago, he's like, well, the Olympics is going to create 
a ton of polarity in skateboarding and you're going to have mm-hmm. new skateboarders that are going to come to skateboarding and they're going to come to it because they saw it on the Olympics or they saw it, yep. you know, as like a different thing. And that doesn't mean that it's going to take away from your version of skateboarding. It just means that there's going to be more room for different versions of what skateboarding means to people. Yeah. And I think that candy is like the, uh, the ripe example of somebody that's, um, different and, uh, also like also pretty fucking rad and doing Olympics, like probably the only person out there that I'm like, when I like see her skating, like she's very different than the rest of the crowd she's up against, like yeah. in, in far as aesthetic and trick approach, like she sets herself apart and, and is really going for it and really gnarly. And, yeah. uh, and I think that, um, her brand or whatever she brings to skateboarding is totally valuable and will be appreciated in time. But where it's kind of like, a little ahead of its time as far as what we're going to see in the next couple of years. Yeah, definitely. She mentioned she was like flowed, uh, from ACE for a little bit, but that she seems to, to, to bring a lot to the table, but it's like, she's in kind of a bind where it's like this company wants somebody else on board and that somebody else would be on board if that other company was on board. Um, but you made a decision to just fucking, back her can you can you talk about like that kind of paradox that she seems to be in right now yeah the basic model there's a catch-22 in skateboarding if you're a young skateboarder thinking about wanting to be a pro you have to have a legit board sponsor to get a shoe sponsor and if you have to if you want to get a legit um shoe sponsor you have to have a board sponsor board sponsor to shoe sponsor the the catch-22 is that you have to have one to get the other and the other to get the one so you're yeah it's very much like the experience thing, right? Yeah. They want, they want somebody with experience, experience. <laughs> but, uh, but uh, how do you get experience if you if if you can't get the job? It's and, an entry yeah, level position that requires five years years. of experience. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and um, um and and for me, finally getting in um the helm of a brand, um you can look at a skater for their value. Granted, I'm a truck company, so. I'm, I love being a truck company because I'm completely removed from the politics of the big dogs, you know, that like sit in bed with each other and have to fund all the trips. And I get to set back and I get to really, um, mentor my riders without competing with anybody else. Cause, um, and you know, even if we did compete, it would be ridiculous for truck companies to be competing. Um, we have big teams and we are allowed to, um, move about the country, um, without (laughs) too much conflict. Um, and it was just great to be able to like offer candy something that she really needs to, um, like a platform. She doesn't really care about money. She doesn't really care about, she just wants to be a part of skateboarding and be, um, filming. She, she told me on the phone, like the first time we talked about it, she just, she's like, I don't care about the money. Like, I just want to be in a van and be filming and skating. Like, that's all I really want. Like, I want to do this Olympic thing so that I can do that which is yeah. a backwards approach considering like what normal progression of most pro- professional skateboarders careers are like. Yeah. Um, and she's a workhorse and she's awesome. Like everything that I ask her to do, she like delivers immediately. Like, yeah. and, and and is the middle of winter in coronavirus and I like need some photos of her and she like does it like, and not, not she doesn't go put herself in danger, but she like yeah. had her mom film her um, at like a spot that's like, way away from everybody just to get a trick and like 
I was just like blown away. And she's like, yeah, I can't go out and film with a filmer because my dad works at an elderly facility. Like, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And and like, so I don't really want to endanger anybody. Like, so she's she's so smart. Gnarly with a conscience. She That's is gnarly what I'm looking with for. a conscience. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I love Candy and she's really focused on like giving back and are, she's already so far ahead of like where most skaters that she's competing against are and like where her thought yeah. process and her ability and like everything and like. I'm, I couldn't be more happy to have her. So I hope other companies like jump on board too and see um, that there's more than the narrow view that we've been looking at the last 20 years. And Hell yeah. And I think also there's like an audience for it. Like, yeah. Candy yeah. is like you and me. Kristen. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I think if more people knew Candy's story, more people would back her. You know what I mean? Which yeah. is like why I was or knew her skating. That's true. I mean, yeah. I'm just stoked she like got that interview and had the ability to get kind of more eyes on her to get more understanding of what she does because like there's kind of a multitude of layers that have kind of maybe made her maybe less marketable or like less favorable or felt like she doesn't fit in as much. But like Mm -hmm, to me, that's what's really rad about her. Like, I don't know. It's just like there's always been like conversations in skateboarding be like, oh, well, if you don't look like feminine, then it's going to be harder for you for like, you know, men in skateboarding to want to sponsor you given like the male gaze. And then like, oh, well, you might be good enough, but oh, you got colored grip tape. Oh, you're from Europe. Oh, you look like this. You look like that. Oh, you're doing the contest route, you know, and I just like that. She just is who she is. Like it would have been pretty I think it would have been easier for her to try to like try to cave to what was like cool and skateboarding and try to like fit in yeah. more. And instead I felt like through skateboarding, she kind of discovered herself more and who she is. And like that yeah. to me as like a woman, like seeing another woman just being 100% authentic to like what she is and not giving a shit, like, and just continuing on that path, whatever she has to do to like keep skating to me, that's so inspiring. And I feel like there is a craving for more stories like that. Um, mm. And I just want her to have more platforms to be able to tell that story. So yeah, I didn't, I didn't mean to cut you off at that point, but it's like, I think uh, a lot of people just haven't had the chance to fucking see her. Cause it's like, dude, I don't know. It uh, doesn't matter who it is. If you eat shit on a back tail and then you do it, I will like it <laughs> 10 times. And I can uh, tell from Schmidt slams that you do love that. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, I, 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 um, I saw her, the, the first I knew of her was actually just, um, from seeing her speak on stage at Pushing Borders. And then she very kindly uh, waited for me as I told somebody, I was like, hey, I'm looking for Kenny Jacobs for a picture. And then I went and ate lunch. And then I came back and it, and somebody's like, dude, she's been standing like here for like 20 minutes. I was like, God damn it. <laughs> uh, and so uh, she's way too generous with her time. But um, but when I saw her skate, I was like, what the fuck, dude? Like, like her skating is at a level that is miles away better than you know half the shit we see on our phones and i was just like oh this is insanely like what a profitable or marketable or there's this is fucking cool shit i like that when she did get the story she she used it really well to indict some critical points that are you know fault lines in the skate world or in the you know highway to professional skateboarding yeah i applaud her being brave and like actually speaking her mind because Ryan, you know, did that similar article and Ryan's yeah, been in it. down dog shit milk toast. That's where we're going. <laughs> no. Oh, okay. But right. You know, Ryan's article. I mean, I heard about Ryan's article secondhand through my office. People were like, kind of like, what's this expose on pro skateboarding and who's giving out this valuable information and insight that <laughs> is supposed to be kept behind doors. Close that curtain. Close that curtain. Um, the wizard back there. But, um, <laughs> 
Candy came out the gates firing and has always been super opinionated and like, like honest with what she's feeling about stuff. And I really appreciate that. And I think, uh, yeah, she, she'll, she'll do great. Candy's going to be fine. Like she's going to get, uh, have a really solid career ahead of her and it's all because of her. She's got a great head on her shoulders. Yeah. And you know, being able to three flip lip and <laughs> do big ass back tails is she, her too. handrail game too is so good. Like yeah. she's been like holding back, like, you know, yeah. like yeah. she wants I, to skate bigger shit. Yeah. I'm honestly like, I'm just, dis- I'm annoyed that the Olympics is now bumped back a whole nother year because I was like so stoked for the Olympics to be over to watch some of my favorite sp- skaters go film their street part to Me be too. like, especially yeah. like, you know, I don't know where Candy's head's at if she would want to like try to do the Olympics again, like the four years later or whatever. But for me, if I was like her, I'd be like, ah, I'm gonna do the Olympics just to like say I did it and then like hopefully get some deals out of skateboarding to make a little bit of money so I can go and travel and film um, yeah. and, and do that whole thing. Um, so I was like so excited to to see that again because I felt like we haven't seen a whole lot of that from like the women in trans and non-binary community because everyone's been pretty focused on like the Olympics and staying healthy and not getting hurt and learning the kickflip back lip that you have to do on the bump to bar you know like yeah, I was yeah. sort of starting to feel like our scene was feeling a little benign and then I was so excited for the Olympics to be out of the way <laughs> so that, that we could get back to being creative you know what I mean because I do think yeah. Candy has a different approach and a different aesthetic but just watching her learn like trick to trick to trick like you know what I mean she back lip she kickflip back lip she back tail she back smiths like she definitely learned all the tricks like I, I've been following her for the last three years like really closely she definitely learned all the tricks to do the contest and you heard that in her article as well like just talking about how the Olympics have kind of like burnt her out in that way so I hope yeah. she can hold on kick ass to the Olympics I I uh in my original interview with Alex she's on my podium um for my Olympic bet And then I'm going to go Jen. And then I'm going to throw a wild card in there. I think Candy Jacobs. That'd be awesome. I, I would love to see that. Yeah. Um, that so is, I hope she true. does good. Make some money. And then, from the first episode? Yeah. Yeah, first yeah. episode. I think I put Leo on the podium. I think we both did, but then Leo dropped out. No, Leo's fully no, dropped out? They're done with the Olympics. Really? Yeah. Aren't they uh, in did the Did I just team? drop that they're on in the, the 2020. <laughs> they're in the 2020 photo. That, that might be an interesting point, though. I think that, and not to get too Olympic-centric and uh, in the interest of time, but it's interesting, though, because, yeah, the, the Olympics seems like a really good platform for people who especially are in the world where that's really the only viable option to live as a skater. Um, but it also seems like a, a thing that is stopping some of the most interesting skating. Yeah. Uh, because it's like... Yeah, I mean, you know, you can roll your ankle anywhere, and if it's not in service of the run that's going to sustain your lifestyle, like, that's a that's a mega risk you're asking people to, to take. And so afterwards, I'm sure, like, I felt this way when I got a job with health insurance. I was like, sick. I can try fucked up stuff again. This is going to be <laughs> rad. <laughs> and, and so in some ways, it it can be the, 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 the training or incubation period for the talent can actually be an inhibitor to really interesting, you know, inspiring, cool shit, you know? I mean, like, fucking, I don't know where Maite falls on the Olympic spectrum, but it's like, dude, Maite was in the the uh, French Fred video that just went out today, and she's fucking killing it. And it's like, yeah, cool. That's super rad, awesome, interesting skating that I want to see. And if she were in the in the regimen, you know, but there's no Would way you see she'd any be of able that? to make it out to those sessions, uh, you know, as frequently or whatever. Yeah. So, I heard from uh, Leo, like, when I talked to them about it, 
And they felt really liberated to break away from that because it was like killing their soul. Like the, the grind and the having, yeah, like they were. And then the last thing that Leo texted me was like, I got a puppy and I quit the Olympics. My life is 3000% better. (laughs) That's so sick. And they're super happy. And like, I think that, um, it'll be interesting to see what happens in this like gap year now. The yeah. people that are going to stand out um, at the Olympics in 2021 aren't necessarily the people that would have been in the 2020 Olympics. Dude, how like, many people came out of the woodwork in the last year? And how many yeah. people who Nigel. are really injured and Jack. really good? <laughs> Nigel came out of the... Who is that guy? <laughs> okay, maybe, from? maybe not on the men's side, but on yeah. our side <laughs> of the aisle. But you look at Leticia. Yeah. Leticia um, has been battling a terrible ankle injury. Like, literally, and Alexis too. Both of them with, like fucked up ankles for all of 2019 season. Like they're skating at like 60 or to 70% of their actual ability. Yeah. Give them a yeah. year to recoup. Like that's, that's some benefits. But then a lot, a lot of people who have been grinding it out, looking at this like um, end date of July 23rd, 20, 2020 are now yeah. looking at another year postponed. And I, you know, it'll just be interesting. It's a psychological battle for them too now. Yeah. yeah. I'm excited for some people that were kind of like, you know, like Samaria kind of had a late start to it. Alana Smith mm-hmm. kind of had a late start to it. And I'm really excited to see them shine and have a little bit more time to like get up in the rankings and, you know, maybe some people that just like, maybe their heart wasn't in it from the start, but they were good enough. So they kind of got thrown in on the team. And so I'm, I'm happy for those folks to part ways and get creative and do their brand of skating that they want to, to like Andrew's point of diversification and, you know, the growth of, uh, our, you know, sport. Uh, but like, (laughs) it's also going to be crazy to see like what other 12 year olds are in, blue tutus heel flipping some shit right now that are going to blow up on the internet next year and make it on like some fucking team you know it's like yeah it's going to be crazy well speaking of people blowing up and coming out of the woodwork our girl Erin um just got on crux thanks to our friend alex white building up the crux team one insta clip at a time alex (laughs) you recently had some time to check in with Erin. you want to tell us her life story um Erin lester is a skater from delaware who uh, I've heard Tucson. Tucson. Well, originally from Tucson, Arizona, and now she lives in Delaware, and she's like 27 or 28 years old, and she broke the internet like two weeks ago, mm-hmm. right around um, when the COVID shit hit the fan. We're gonna say a month ago. Uh, Let's just say a month th- ago because uh, uh, Ted needs some time to edit the show. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I've never seen anything like this in skateboarding before, where somebody comes out with one trick: kickflip, front tail, big spin out, mm-hmm. uh, and fucking every single skate company in the DMS, in the comments, like wanting her to ride for them right away. And they were like blowing her up and she got all these offers and all this attention. She dropped, she jumped from 2000 followers to like 30,000 followers in like two days. Yeah. And then, um, she was riding crux in the clip and I contacted her and I'm like, Hey, you're on crux. <laughs> Whether you like it or not. She's like sick. I love They're crux. just going to start showing up at the door. Yeah. And I sent her a box right away, but, um, she's really rad. She's a lab tech and it's really rad to see these kind of like grown ass skaters that have lives and careers and are all of a sudden being afforded the opportunity to um, be a professional skateboarder later in life, which is something that has never happened before. Before you were 18 years old, you're getting offered $50 to, you know, whatever photo incentive and like you were thrown in the van and you were like this um, immature brain. And now you're seeing like mature brains like Candy, like Aaron, um, approaching professional skateboarding in a whole different way. Yeah. Or you saw like 
adolescently preserved brains yeah. being like wheeled out on a cart on like milking some legend status when you're like that guy is like 45 looks 80 and like has a like mindset of a high schooler yes yeah um so yeah the fully formed uh uh dynamic adult is fucking awesome so awesome so it makes my job so much easier um, I also think like in a similar way, like, do you think, okay, question. Sure. Remember when you were a kid and you would see like images of like a young pro, like for me when I was like, I don't know, maybe 14 or something like that, there was that kid Knox mm-hmm. that was like, Godoy. yeah, Knox, and everyone's like, oh my God, that little kid. And, um, I don't know, Tosh Town into a certain degree. Like there was these <laughs> like young hams that were younger and you were young and you're like, oh my God, that's my dream. And it kind of like helped you buy into the dream that maybe one year you could just get really good at skateboarding and then your life could totally change you become a pro skater. Like, do you think that's happening? Yep. Like the older skaters getting hooked up because now like our skateboarding population is diversifying age. Like I, I'm not like a statistician, but I feel like there's more older people in their thirties, forties, fifties that are skating now. And then there's like Tony Hawk, who's like a possibility model for like older adults that are kind of getting inspired, especially on the women's side. I see a lot of women coming to like, uh, the skate liquor girl sessions that are, you know, in their late twenties, thirties, forties, even fifties, um, getting into skating. So I'm, I'm wondering if like, is that an intentional response to the potential like market for like an adult or older adult skater or, I mean, maybe those connections aren't fully there, but I do feel like there's an audience for these older, more intelligent skaters with day jobs to live their dream. I I, I agree that there's an audience. I think that there's, as far as stats, there is a shift in the, um, so before, like until 2010, it was 45% 13 to 17 year olds. And then just naturally, but also stats, um, now we're more than half 17 to 24 year olds. So we're, mm-hmm. we're seeing just a general aging of lifelong skaters and yeah. that, and, but then also on top of that, I think that you're because of skate, like a girl and a lot of like people making it more accessible for, um, adults to get into skateboarding, we're seeing a demographic shift, uh, especially in our worlds, probably Yumi and Ted have a different viewpoint than like your average 17 year old at the Tempe park or something like that yeah. about what's cool. But, um, but yeah, it's also th- an effect of the 30 year plan of the skate or die campaign, which uh, <laughs> a lot of people are just scared to stop. <laughs> oh God. That's a long running campaign. <laughs> yeah. It's fucking paying off. Not dead yet. No, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. That's no, uh, perfect. Fucking sidebars canceled. Uh, no, I, I agree. I, th- I mean like the, yeah, the audience is growing because, or, or the, the, the pool of people who are, who are able to put out on that level is growing because there's fucking people like us who are 24, 23, yeah, we're 24. maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, who are in our thirties, who are just as in love with the fucking thing as they've always been. More than I ever have been more, before. More than ever, to be yeah, honest. I think so too. And <laughs> right now, the less I do it, the more I like realize how much fucking cooler than everything my computer has to offer is. <laughs> and it's that... Yeah, we're here, but we but we're not constantly looking for new Ryan Shecklers. We're constantly looking for good mm-hmm. skating with interesting stories, like straight up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and Aaron is a possibility model. Like Kristen introduced me to this like concept that I didn't really understand before. That was awesome about the possibility model. Like, you know, who was your possibility model as a kid, Ted? Like, who was your favorite skater? Oh, me. Uh, really, really noble characters, uh, people who I just absolutely look up to and they totally age well. Uh, 
<laughs> no, uh, uh, my my first favorite pro skater was Chad Muska. Uh, then I was big into Carrie Getz for about nine months, mm-hmm. and then uh, had a very serious uh, Jeff Rally, Christian Svitak, and Jason Adams phase. Fuck me too! Oh my god! At least yep. when I was texting you guys that one night on the Ven City chat, and I was talking about Jason Adams, that you liked him too. Yep the The first younger skater that I was into was uh, Dylan Reeder from Subject to Change, mm-hmm. um, and. He started as a very bad skater and ended up being uh, one of the best things I've ever seen on uh, on any screen of my life. Yeah, actually, I saw him in person once too. So, yeah, um, they he showed me that people with backwards trucker hats can change. What about you, Kristen? You were my possibility model. Shut up! <laughs> Bullshit! I'm not joking. <laughs> dude. Did I ever tell you? That, like, in that was some wholesome shit. No, <laughs> see, no, I'm not joking. Like, um, I definitely like liked like Jeff Rally and stuff like that when I was younger. Like Ed Templeton. Mm-hmm. I kind of like the guys who are like a little bit like kind of punk rock. Dustin Dolan, mm-hmm. John Cardiel. Um, but yeah, I saw the Villa Villa Cole video when I was like in ninth grade or something, and I kind of had. Uh, I didn't kind of. I definitely had like an eating disorder, and for whatever reason, like, I don't. I don't know why. Like, I think I just like. I don't know, just like thought I was like really overweight or something. And like, if you look back at photos of me when I was in like eighth, you know, seventh, eighth grade, like it wasn't true, but just being around so many girls and like Cosmo culture and going through puberty, like you like doubt, you know, who you are. And then anyways, I got my hands on a Villa Cola video and started watching it. And I just remember seeing Alex's part and just Alex, you not being super like tall and lanky, but still no, like, not on the short like kind of chubby girl. <laughs> You're like front boarding like a huge ass rail. I was like, dude, it doesn't matter what the fuck your body looks like. And you can dress feminine. You can dress like, you know, more masculine. It doesn't fucking matter. Like you can just rip and be yourself. And I just, for whatever reason, Alex, I just like thought you were just the shit because it just really sealed the deal for me. Because like if I would have like just saw you, I'd have been like, oh, that girl in like that, you know, belly shirt, that Roxy <laughs> jacket. I'd be like, she doesn't skate. But then it's like you watch your your oh. footage like you you know, you're oh. raw, dude. So that honestly just changed my mindset. I just remember watching that and my mind was just blown. I was like, everything that I thought was true is out the window. Oh my so, God. I'm not joking. Like I'm going to cry. Yeah. It's, it's so real. Uh, your possibility model. You really oh were. God. You really were. And, and I, I'll show you the, uh, the photo. I bought a uh, corduroy with the no. Yeah. Cause you I saw did? cause you wore it. The corduroy yeah. jacket. I got to find it. It's on my photo bucket. <laughs> <laughs> I'll send it to you. I'm not That's joking. So sick. I'm so honored. Yeah. Oh my god, true. you made my day. And then you when you messaged made, made me, my on, life. you made my you, life. <laughs> you messaged me on MySpace about I don't know. I think I submitted clips to that video of VVC. No, or like yeah. seriously, I found your MySpace profile and you were so fucking weird and funny. Like you're like <laughs> like Kristen's like always been like a funny ass fucking writer and like her sense of humor like coming through a MySpace thing, which is pretty bland, like was so fucking raw and like ridiculous. I'm like, oh, I fucking love her. She's like Plus super weird. Top eight. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. she's great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I saw your clips too. And I was like, oh, she's really fucking good. I don't even remember being like that much hung up about how good of a skater you were. And you were a really good skater. But I was just like, she's fucking hilarious and really smart. I like this kid. <laughs> Yay. I'm here for Aww. it. Oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> I'm just gonna just go cry right now it's by myself. <laughs> just can't believe, Kristen. I love you. Love you too. <laughs> but yeah, like Aaron um, presents like a new form of possibility model. Um, I don't. I can't really name any other like um, black trans women 
skaters that, mm-hmm. that I, I, I mean, like I know that they're out there, but like one that's so visible and so quickly visible and such a like legit skater yeah. that, um, garnish so much attention and also like seems like a really rad person has a great style like and like that's from me like kind of knowing her a little bit through the phone um i think that she presents like a whole new era of um you know potential new skaters that enter like all ages that are seeing somebody that they feel okay um like they see themselves reflected in and then it makes them feel more okay about themselves and feel like they have a place in skating. Cause the whole point is that we all found somebody that had, that made us feel like our place was in skateboarding that we could be, yeah. we could belong. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. yeah and, that, and just expanding that, like people should feel like they belong in skateboarding and they should feel comfortable in the space that they're in and should find people that they can connect with. So, yeah. Yeah. And I, I just feel like that's ultimately, that's the best marketing you can yeah. ever get the best marketing for any brand is like if you have a diverse array of people that ride for your brand that inspire all different types of people. Cause Aaron's going to inspire somebody that like Chris Jocelyn can't and Chris right. is going to inspire somebody that Aaron can't. Okay. Who can't be inspired by Chris Jocelyn? <laughs> Sorry. I'm pay- <laughs> did, did, did you see the Jocelyn two bright blue fucking giant oh, pillows God. that go on either side of your foot? I love pillows. Sorry. Didn't mean to cut you off. It was just a, it, it, it was outrageous. <laughs> well, it used to be one size fits all though. Like there before Instagram, there was yeah. a lot of gate, gatekeepers and you know, we'd, we'd all open up the magazine and there was only so many people that we could potentially, that potentially resonated with us as the viewer. Yeah. And now you have this huge, um, swath of skaters, like all ages, all abilities, all bodies, all types of people to look up to. And, yeah. um, I think people need that. Yeah. I'm I'm looking for a 32 year old arthritic valet who just like <laughs> likes to fall. That's fucking Ted Schmitz right there. You got a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't mean to cut you off, Kristen. Well, I didn't mean to cut you off because I had a joke, but uh, <laughs> I didn't mean for you to not follow that point up. I'm sorry. Oh, it's all good. Ryan Lay was my possibility model for wearing a fedora. I will not forgive him to this day. Oh my God, I I have a fedora uh, photo too. Yeah, we should all post our fedora photos. Oh my God, can we do that? Here's a trick challenge for this week, guys. (laughs) 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 Do do all of us have a fedora clip or photo? Because I I for sure have one. Holy shit. Do you have one? So fucking bad. I like. I like to embarrass myself, but like, I don't know if I have the guts for it. Dude, I posted it mine might last be with week. A deep v. I posted mine last week. Wait, your fedora? Wait, did I, I miss uh, it? There's a photo of me on Instagram with a white fedora <laughs> and a and a and a fucking digital <laughs> camera and a shirt that's like six sizes too small on me. Dude, and did you not see this? It was for no, that like, like stupid embarrassment challenge where you write until tomorrow and then like. Like if anybody likes it, they're supposed to repost that shit. Like something embarrassing. That's the whole point of that post of me with the fucking fedora. Lisa Whitaker, thank you for sending me that. (laughs) Oh my God. I just wanted to say like, if you are watching skateboarding in this day and age and you don't know that trans people exist and that they're not unicorns and they don't hide and they're on the internet and they're interacting, they're a part of life just like everybody else. And if you are watching skateboarding through a lens that trans people don't exist, then you got to really think about shifting that mindset because I saw a lot of people follow and like gas up Aaron. But then I saw some comments about, 
oh, like she's trans, blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden there was sort of this like backlash or this backpedaling of like the hype from her. And it's like, dude, like understand that when you're navigating the world and in skateboarding and queer and trans people are becoming more visible, you have to understand that they're a part of our community too. And we're learning about ways that we can include and make them feel welcome and in a way that they didn't, you know, in the past. Um, yeah. And so like, how can we make that right? And how can we, as like cis people, like be better about making sure trans people feel welcome and safe. And luckily I did see a lot of comments back to like, you know, the transphobes um, and turfs and stuff on there, you know, going mm -hmm. wild. I did see some cool responses, but it's just like a good like wake up call and, and good like awareness piece for everybody to understand that like, trans women are women, they exist, they're part of our community. And um, we need to really think about like the boxes we put people in based on their gender and their, what they look like and how good they are and blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, this isn't the first time that like transphobia has really come out gnarly. Um, like there was Hillary Thompson a couple mm -hmm. years back. I don't know if you guys remember that um, whole article yeah. that came out and that super transphobic interview and stuff like that. Um, yeah. So, yeah, just we gotta yeah. we gotta do better in that department. Good point. Yeah, um, I I do remember when that article came out, and I you know that was actually the maybe the first I had heard of any sort of this discussion in skating, and uh, I, um, and I am very much glad we're not there anymore. But yeah, it's super fucking long way to go. Like, yeah, I mean, either we're making a refuge for people who who don't fucking have the avenue. Or, or have an avenue and in, in I guess mainstream culture or whatever else uh, you would call regular American life um, or we're not and we fucking better should be if we're going to keep saying we are yeah I also just wanted to say like it's really not appropriate to like ask people like what their genitalia is mm -hmm. like let's just not do that ever yeah yes if people share like care to share that with you or share their identity then go for it but Let's not make any assumptions and let's let people just be who they are and be, be stoked on them. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> um, All right. We pyring. Well, that was a good point to bring up at the end there. What are we going <laughs> to pyre? I think that that was actually a pretty good pyre about the comments. Yeah. Fuck your transphobia. Fair and good and just point. Cause Holy shit. I mean, even the, the people who were around me who were pretty, woke on anti-war stuff and you know that was kind of the coalition or that was the political awakening that i came through you know and there was just a massive amount of transphobia and uh yeah that shit could not go away fast enough uh so yeah i hope that people can hear this and if they have questionable views on it can internalize what uh what you were saying yeah i was sort of thinking like it kind of also goes to like this larger thing of like uh gender and expectation and I think I've talked to like other women that skate that grew up when like it's like if I do a kickflip everyone's like oh my god or like was that switch and like I've always been in an environment because I'm pretty proficient at skateboarding a lot of times people are like shocked if I did that nollie or if it was this or or whatever mm -hmm. right like I haven't I rarely exist in a skate setting setting where I get treated exactly like somebody that if they were a dude in the same age right mm -hmm. um it's very rare. Um, and I really appreciate it when I am allowed to be in that setting. And often I am in that setting with like women and trans people. Um, but often I'm skating around like men or at a skate park with people I don't know. 
Um, like I often like get these gender expectations thrown at me constantly. Like, oh, I can't even do that. She's like better than me. Was that switch? Like constantly, right? And so I think what's interesting is when you see like trans women come into skateboarding, become more visible, all of a sudden, all of those expectations that you had about like women skateboarding, like you'll see like on her comments, it's like, you're the future. Like, you know, you're this, you're that, like, you're amazing. Like, oh, where have you been at? Blah, blah, blah. Like all of these things, it kind of brings up what are the expectations that we're putting on women that skateboard? Like, why can't women, why can't we have expectations for women that they could kick foot front tail big spin? Like, why, why have the, why has the bar been so low? Why have the expectations been so low? Like, can we set those a little bit higher? Can we talk about those gender roles and expectations? Because especially if we want to be more inclusive of trans people and make sure they feel safe and welcome, we can't have like two standards for like trans women and women. It's like trans women or women. So like, do you know what I mean? Like yeah. there's yeah. nothing about my body that makes it so I can't do that. I just have always yeah. been expected to do less. So can, do you know what I'm saying? Like, it just kind of brings up this larger issue of like gender and your expectation and what you look like. If you look feminine, then you're not as good. Like those are expectations mm-hmm. I had from when I was younger, you know, like if you, if you're, if you're feminine, you're not actually sporty, you're not tough, you know, mm-hmm. and shit like that. So like, I, you know, always wanted to be super masculine cause I wanted to show that I was tough and I could do it. But like all those gender roles and expectations are all bullshit. What is that predicated so- on? It's not on science. Mm-hmm. What's the word I'm looking for? A, a puritanical uh, conservative uh, outlook that's been internalized because of the uh, terrible uh, environment that they grew up in? Uh, that's maybe. probably. I don't know. I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I also wanted to look tough, and that's why I got Dickies and a pocket knife. Sick. Uh, no. Chain wallet? Uh, not yet. I think that's next year. <laughs> I really don't want to be ahead of the curve on these things. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. And I remember as far as like a marketing history, like when I was younger and writing for Roxy and helping and like, and then my next um, evolutions of helping other girl skaters um, film and uh, negotiate contracts, there was like language about not cutting your hair. And there was, there was shit about keeping a certain standard of like basically fuckability through a male lens Yeah, that, that perfect, like that, lived you know it still lives in some skateboarding marketing campaigns too because it's so um male centric like male gaze view mm-hmm. and uh i'm just wanting it to change and and i'm seeing it finally start to shift a little bit we have so much work to do but um i never thought i would see the day that like what we're seeing happen now and mostly through skate like a girl and wheels of fortune honestly and like through like more trans visibility and um through like brands finally embracing like, you know, another 50% of the population or more that, uh, we're getting, um, some progress, but, um, but yeah, that, that kind of always exists. And there's still people in power that very much believe that, um, in order for somebody to be marketable, they need to look, look a certain way or skate a certain way. And that feminine like girls or like women can't skate as well as masculine and but if you're masculine then you're like a butch dyke and like i've seen comments on fucking norris things that like oh thank god she's not she's just the only one that's not a butch dyke and they're like that like that's a bad word you know so yeah um we still have a long way to go i just had to throw a cat off my desk (laughs) because i am a lesbian and i have a cat and it's not the center of my life but uh, it's a big part of my life now. Is that a lesbian trope? I don't know. Having a cat, probably. <laughs> all right. Should we, should we end some things once and for all? Let's burn it down. Let's burn it down. Burn it down. Um, 
Also, I just realized that I'm going to play um, very sad, emotional uh, violins while you're talking about Alex uh, to really uh, <laughs> to get the emotion. pull that moment in. Uh, I, I already fucking said it, but I'm a, I'm over these challenges, uh, and I think I think not not the idea of them, just them coming to me, adding I've, you. I've I frankly don't. Uh, I feel very self-conscious about my switch flips. I want to uh, show you <laughs> when they're good and ready. <laughs> that one hurt. <laughs> and, that one hurt. Uh, yeah, my uh, my foot kicks out like a swing dancer. Uh, it's not uh, <laughs> it's not a comfortable situation. Uh, and I already skated inside my house. I did a fucking heel flip check. I uh, now I got to do a varial flip. I'm like, fuck, man. I want to I want to skate. Stop making me do shit. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Jesus. Uh, also, like a lot of them are so recycled. It's like, dude, like I was saying before, like right now is the like one of very few times and like probably the only time in your life that you're gonna be able to just be able to come up with some random shit and fuck else. What are we gonna do? You know what yeah. I mean? What else are we gonna do? Really push ups? That's the most fucking creative challenge. Oh, you're gonna bring the the stupid still trick challenge? Please, like, can yeah. you just make up a new one? Like, there's infinite yeah. possibilities. Or like. Yeah, I, I mean, I understand, like, the sort of impetus to be like, fuck it, we're all on our phones. Like, let's, like, try to, like, just tag Get it up and, and make this a little more, give you a little more attention here. But, uh, yeah, I'm just, uh, I'm fairly busy. Ted's getting a lot of homework <laughs> from Instagram. He's going to need you to stop. <laughs> no, I, sh- I should never complain about uh, needing to doing more skating. But, uh, yeah, that's it. Alex, what's your paya? God, this is hard. Give me a second. Um, I have pyres that are like very, pyres are so hard for me, you guys. Like, cause the real pyres are like super personal. Yeah, they really are. Yeah. There's been a couple personal pyres on mine. I'm like, I've regretted it every time. <laughs> like I gotta, <laughs> I gotta make it silly. I, yeah. I have my pyre ready. Yeah. 90% of impossibles. Okay. Sorry. Go. <laughs> That's a great pyre. Um, I was actually watching an impossible, <laughs> impossible <laughs> trick tip. <laughs> it was a fucking three shove. I was like, bruh. Yeah. Yeah, you we did call it those impossible. Shame, we call those shame O'Neils. Oh, shame O'Neils. That's good. Okay, my real pyre is skaters right now that are not taking COVID nineteen seriously. Oh yeah, and it's not cool. I don't want to yeah, shame plus, you. I mean, you know. Yeah, and and it, it's already such a privilege, like to be able to skate even singularly or with one other friend mm-hmm. far away. Yeah, I don't know. It just sucks. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and people aren't taking it like. This is an opportunity for growth as a skater too. Like when's the last time you skated by yourself? Like when's yeah. the last time you actually pursued um, tricks? Like I, I, the last couple of sessions I have a Friday night, rit- Friday afternoon ritual where I go skate these curbs at the DMV by myself. And yeah. it, it brings me back to being 16 years old and having no friends and like, like in a new town trying to like learn how to skate. And I feel like it's actually like a really great opportunity for you guys to like, experience skateboarding in a different way. So why are you passing that up and just doing your same old fucking routine that yeah. you can get back to that in nine months, you yeah, know, right. right, right now you have a chance to do something different and it's better for everybody. So why not do it? Yeah. Hopefully yeah. it's not nine months. If you dumbasses uh, start actually quarantining, it'll probably be more like three months. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah. My pyre is uh, my pyre right now is for people that are running events um, and big skateboard contests to be blazingly um, making like do tour. I'm going to call you guys out right now, even though I work for you. 
Um, just saying you're going to do it in September right now. Like nobody knows anything that's jumping the gun. Like nobody needs to be making dates yet. You can wait another month before we announce when the next street league is going to be or when the next due tour is going to be. And you're trampling other events that have already had been on the calendar for a while. And guess what? Probably all of these events are going to be canceled. So before you cause stress in my friends' lives and make uh, promises and book venues and spend money, why not just hold off? Why don't we just chill for a little bit and um, focus on like one day at a time and not get so, you know, planny? So that's yeah. my pyre. Not to mention uh, the first ever Vent City Live is uh, not going to happen because of uh, this shit. So, oh, that event yeah. got canceled. 26th, yeah, which should have been uh, event. I imagine switching signal is not going to happen. Yeah, so bomb. A lot so. of us have to sacrifice a lot, and um, we're kind of... What I tell my kids at night when they're getting upset about it is we're living history. This is the first time this has ever happened. Um, and all of this in retrospect will be like for the better, for the greater good, and... Um, you know, don't try to be short-sighted right now. There's there's so much more to it than what your attachments are to events and dates and things. It, it'll all come again. It'll We'll have years and years and years of grinding through fucking a million events and things and opportunities. But right now we get a year to kind of like um, really look at our capitalist fucking shitty healthcare system and the structure and maybe make some like massive changes so yeah. now's the time to like ruminate on that and not focus so much on when the next um, opportunity is for your personal financial gain. I dig it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Definitely think it's just like right now is the time to focus on like public health and right. your own health and wellness. And this is probably the only time in your life you're actually going to be able to like really chill. Like, okay. Small anecdote. I used to have bags under my eyes probably for like 10 years straight, I think. And I've been sleeping like 10 hours a night because now I can. And mm, I don't yeah. know if you guys are seeing my eyes, but like I like looked in the mirror the other day and was like, oh my God. You look amazing. Like I look really good. Like I have never said that to <laughs> myself and I'm not yeah. being egotistical or whatever, but like I swear I'm like, I actually look and feel so much better for the most part, you know? So yeah. it's like everyone should just be taking advantage of the positives and like, just ride yep. it out. Cause if you think this is bad, like dude, people, motherfuckers live in solitary confinement. Like imagine mm-hmm. that shit. You know what I mean? Like we treat people like this all the time and they have, way, have it way worse. So like, I just don't want to hear any more complaining. Like just let's ride it out, you know, ride it out. I agree. Although I will complain about the dishes anyways. Uh, I think we killed it. Uh, yeah. I think we just barely went over a half hour. Barely. That's good. I gotta put my kids right. to bed. Okay. I think we killed I it. I love you guys. Love you guys. Love you too. Right. Bye. That was great. <laughs> Thanks, Vent. Thanks, Vent. <laughs> Thank you all again for listening. The credits music that you're listening to now is brought to you by Alana Brine. Alana, I-L-A-N-A dot B-R-Y-N-E. She has a new album out right now. We're going to link to it in the show notes. Please, please check that out. Our graphic and logo design is by Michael Warfel, who does not have a new album out, but he is very worthy of a sweet follow. And maybe if he sells prints, you could buy one of those. Who knows? Proflow credits coming up. 
patreon.com slash city to support. Thank you. Let's actually watch the skate video. Let's see what we've got. Mike Stanfield, the amateur. We've got Plan B's secondhand smoke. We've got the Four Corners tour. I don't know what that is. I've got uh, Element World tour. Ooh, Baker 2G. Now let's watch uh let's watch the Coliseum video. Feel free to throw in your own VHS and follow along. Or go to the YouTube. I'll put the link in the show notes. Let's get a little atmosphere. Okay. Let's watch the uh, let's watch the part. Let's just start skipping to the good stuff, though. God damn it! I said the good stuff. There we go. Betsy Gordon, you ever get hit in the head trying to frontside flip like Alexis? No? Well, one of my favorite things she does. Also getting up, going back up the 10. It's amazing. Also, this is the first time I ever heard this song. You guys too? No? Brian Higgins, have you heard this song before this? Cameron Jimmo. What do you think about Alexis's kickflip? Probably one of the best of all time. I agree. I think uh, Evan Cunningham said the same thing. But then I got into an argument with High Energy Skate Crew about how they felt about PJ showing up in the middle of Alexis's part. Like, like you get enough shine. You close this thing out. It's your name on the video. But then James Martin convinced me that it was like their homies and it's like kind of like a, like, you know, little friend contribution. So I thought that was kind of cool. And that's a short part, but we're just going to let it play through. I said the good stuff and I think this is Colin Fisk. He's got the good stuff. This is pre-Orange Mane Colin Fisk. Chris and Lukey likes Orange Mane more than PJWHL's regular Colin Fisk. And I think I agree. Lars Garvey Lang Peterson, I hope you're a Radiohead fan, because we've got electioneering for you. I really hope I got the name of that song right. Lucy, a big Colin Fisk fan, like big red and black striped sweaters. You know what's crazy? Is that almost everybody in this video has a really good frontside flip. 
Colin Fisk included. Luke Whitford, you like uh, flip trick lines from uh, from the Fisk? Yeah, I'm just in for the I'm just in it for the jumps too. I agree. Frontside flip. He's got two frontside flips in one part. Jeez. Ooh, Brian Sumner. That clip does not age well. Ooh, Neil Shoemaker. What do you think about that Brian Sumner? Maybe you know Brian Sumner. I don't know. People in California know lots of people in California. Sean, frontside flip switch manual from Colin Fisk. Did you know he had that at the time? I didn't know anything about him. Okay, he has a lot of frontside flips in this part. I think he has four. But it was the 2000s. This kind of thing was, you know, it's kind of local videos, so we'll give him a pass. I don't know. I'll have to, uh, I'll have to consult. Oh, Sean Doyle, we are not going to watch Southie, are we? Let's just, let's just get to the good stuff. Let's get to the, to, to the ultimate stuff. I forgot Ryan Gallant's in this, but it's just, it's not going to make the cut. Sorry. Here we go. Sean Doyle. Let's get some PJ. Right now, I actually don't know what uh, your relationship is to PJ Ladd, but you are not far off from being in that vein of impeccable talent, style, and not having a giant red beard. That is one of the greatest tragedies in all of, I don't know, this video's history. The missed kickflip at the end of just a unthinkable line at the time but you know it kind of makes me feel good looking back feels good to see the greats fall doesn't it just kind of gets you feeling right Sean Hannafin you're a big fan of the windowsill lines in PJs. Now you're more of a frontside flip on the uh, vert ramp to kick flip and switch flip. Tom Penny kind of. Yeah. I also really like that line. There's no audio in it, though. It's kind of weird. All right, Terrence still in Rooney. What do you think about these pressure flips? Big fan. I'm a big fan, too. Not as big of a fan as the nose slide to late flip. I know they got gamed kind of after a while and they're kind of like this primitive bullshit now, but when I saw that, it, it, it really made me feel something as a 13-year-old who had probably the worst nollie flip on the block. William Rickman, tell me you love that kickflip off the lawn tramp. Just a flat, big old fatty to flatty. PJ was a jumper. One of the great jumpers. 5-0, kickflip back, 5-0. I thought that was kind of like a good-natured, funny thing he did. But I'm starting to think he might have thought it was badass. And if that's the case, I still give it a pass. I don't give a shit. PJ certainly doesn't give a shit. Not about what I think, anyways. You guys, I hope that very quickly we can all sit in the living room in our adult skate houses 
and put in old, dusty VHSs and risk our shitty, decrepit VCRs eating them up. But there's always secret tape for that. So maybe we can float that operation for a little while longer to get our kicks. You guys rule. Thank you again for uh, helping this thing keep going. And uh, she fucking, I'm just going to watch PJ. That's it. Solid night. Better than playing you a shitty Bright Eyes song. Patreon.com slash City. PJ's ender was a push. Kind of weak.